Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 211 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Barney Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal. Paranormal. The first things first, Angelo, let us dip back in time to about, I don't know, like 23, 24 years ago. Do you remember an annoying baboon named Bonsai Buddy? Yeah, that was that long ago? Yes. It wasn't in the iPhone era? Uh, it was initially released in 1999. Really? Yes. I, so, I do remember know. it. Yeah. I definitely remember it. I'm staring at the stupid image that it has uh, for the logo. I talk, I email, I browse, I search, I sing, I download, I schedule, I tell facts, I laugh. I'm annoying. You're uh, showing your age there, Bonsai Budding, with telefaxing. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, okay, so the funny thing is, a lot of people were saying that it was actually spyware, so I actually do believe that. Has that been proven, though, or is it still alleged? So Bonsai Buddy, the parent company in 2004, had to pay $75,000 in fees because the ads were malicious running on there. And Wikipedia also lists it as malware and spyware. So I'm going to go ahead. In 2002, an article in Consumer Reports Webwatch labeled Bonsai Buddy as spyware. Those are the days of people just putting anything on their computer. I remember people still working, put anything yeah, on their computers. I, that's, okay, that's true. But in those early days... Where I worked, there was not as much administrative protections on the computer. So everybody was the administrator on their computers. And my colleagues would ask me why their computer was slow. And I would see six or seven hotbars in their Windows Explorer. A lot of uh, <laughs> chaos and noise going on there. I would love to talk to an IT person in a large institution like that and just sort of like pick their brains, especially when who's been around for a while, just to see what the changes are like. Because basically, like, you can't. You know, engineer a system for the best of your and smartest of your users. You always have to think about the worst offenders and what they're going to do. Well, yeah, I mean, we've discussed this in private, but uh, my job when I'm at my office is much more difficult than when I'm at home in terms of the tools I, I have been given to to use. And we've talked about this too. I'm I'm contemplating if I have to go back to the office more is buying a uh, mid-range MacBook Air to just bring to the office and use that because they are at least open to that. They're not, uh, you're not locked into, but they're not going to buy me a Mac, obviously. But Speaking of things that you prefer, uh, let's talk about uh, new Apple products or new slash old Apple products. You had the best surprise of your life this week, Angelo. Well, it was expected that Apple was going to bring out a new HomePod. Obviously, they have a HomePod mini. They have to have a HomePod uh, with no adjective. So they brought back the HomePod. They it looks pretty much the same, uh, fifty bucks cheaper apparently. Still pretty expensive here. I never paid as much as that new HomePod costs because I always got mine on sale. But they've fixed the issues, I guess, that it had. There's less speakers and microphones in this new one. But from what I've um, heard, no pun intended, people have said that it sounds pretty much the same as the old HomePod Biggie. Uh, with less issues. There's no longer an A8 chip in there. It's an S7 chip, which is the the chip in the Series 7 watch. So what you're saying is that you're thrilled to have a new set of speakers enter your life in the next couple of years. Well, I'm not planning on buying these. but well, not I'm, yet. No, but I am happy that if something happens to my current HomePods, Apple discontinued them because these things broke a lot, apparently. So hopefully mine don't break anytime soon. But if they do, I'm glad to know there's a replacement. One thing, though... You can't run a stereo pair between the two with between different HomePods, right? So you can't have a HomePod Gen One with a HomePod Gen Two running in a stereo pair. They have to have the same model to run in stereo pairs. 
uh, clearly a problem that a lot of us in this world have. The other thing that Apple announced, uh, new MacBook Pros. Are you in the market for a MacBook Pro? I am sure I'm not, my friends. You're, I, I was wondering, your MacBook Pro, you have the, just before they switched to the Mid-2020, yes. Before I got, yeah, exactly. And yours has the, the cool uh, little light Let's bar not talk on about, it. yes. Okay. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> you have, the, do you guys get a base model? Like, is it 8 gigs of RAM, or do you have the 16 in there? I have the, I have the 8, I have the base model. And it works fine for you, 8 gigs? Yeah, no problems. All right, good. Why? Are you planning on introducing spyware into my life? Maybe. Is Bonsai this like a buddy? weird threat? Bonsai Buddy has been updated to work with uh, with all the new Macs. <laughs> Just imagine a relaunch, how horrible that would be. Double density. So let us move on from uh, the things that are uh, bursting with life to things that are dying and decaying and in the ground. Angelo, RIP Google Stadia. As of the 18th of January 2023, these services no longer in operation to the surprise of no one. I mean, they announced this last year, but I thought I'd formalize that and say, hey, it's actually like formally has stopped serving users. Yeah, I think they would have done better if they had a, a Game Pass type subscription service and not, okay, you buy games, but they're in the cloud and you don't own them at all and you still have to play them. And if the service goes away, you have no more games. Well, there's a, there, is, there was a Stadia Pro membership that you could buy that gave you selections to games. Okay, but it wasn't as extensive as something like Game Pass is. No, no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, that was the whole thing too. So limited... Um, uh, so firstly, when it launched, it was a whole disaster, uh, connectivity issues everywhere, because the idea there is that you're supposed to get, you know, your Google Stadia set up and it's supposed to run directly from the cloud and there were connectivity issues, et cetera. And then, um, not a lot of available games. And as time continued, they, uh, were planning on releasing more, you know, console exclusive games than their own internal, um, Google studio shut down. Um, so no new games there. And then it just kind of, kind of died out from 2019 to 2023. So three and a half years worth of, I actually don't know anyone who used Google Stadia. I'd be very curious. I have I don't know anybody other than people on podcasts I listen to, but their gaming podcasts, they try these things because of their podcast. Yeah, it's, they could make it tax deductible if they wanted. 3-4 years, that's average lifespan for a Google service that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Well, I mean, we've, and we've talked about this before. I think we talked about this when Stadia announced that it was shutting down. Is that like uh, Google has a culture where they love to rush things to market. Um, so internally, um, they're C-suite, right? Their execs can look good, and then these products don't get any sort of maintenance afterwards. Yeah, they, they feel really different from the way other tech companies like Microsoft and Apple work, where they will release products and support it as much as they possibly can. And of Microsoft and Apple, I think Apple's the one that is a little more deliberate with releasing products. Like what we've heard now, they're, not pro- they're probably not releasing the VR headset because guess what? They listen to Double Density and they know <laughs> that it will no, they're not, not doing AR do well. AR, VR, they're not doing either of those. Uh, well, they're so, doing, they're doing, they want to do a mixed one is, is the plan. But right? it's the not going to happen. Like, but they've decided not to release it, right? Like, let's release the HomePod, which is much better. I mean, sure. I mean, different markets, et cetera. Angela, I just realized that we didn't even bring up why we brought up Bonsai Buddy in the first place <laughs> at, the, at the top of the episode, which is a Vice article entitled My AI Sexually Harassing Me. So there is an app slash platform named Replica with a K um, that has two tiers, a free tier for the friendship experience. And then if you uh, pay a membership fee, there is an explicit tier where things get a little spicy. And it seems like the AI um, is definitely aggressive in its approach even in the free tier which has become quite a problem for a lot of people who are just searching for a chatbot to to talk to when they are low this seems to be on the let's say scummy side of the app stores out there and i feel like there's a whole 
side of the app market that I'm really not privy to because I don't. I usually I'm a bit of an app snob. We've talked about that. I, I'll I'd rather pay for an app than get something for free and have to deal with ads. Although, with that said, I've been playing Vampire Survivors, which is a really great free app. But if you and you don't have to watch any ads if you don't want to. But sometimes you're in a really good run and you want to revive and you have to watch an ad to revive. And the ads are terrible. They're really bad. You can buy the game, though. No, you can't. Not on iOS or else I would. Oh, not on iOS. Okay, yes. Yeah, Sorry, it's yes. not on iOS and it's not available for Macs unless... I think it's on Steam, but I don't have Steam on my Mac. So, uh, And it's not available on... I like PS5. I said I don't have Steam on my Mac as if you had a PC counterpart just sitting and waiting. No, I don't have Steam on my Mac. I just don't. They, on, they never, I mean, they never updated it. They never updated it to go with the M1 Max, so I'm like, no, I'm not going to... No, the client, the client's a little janky, too. Yeah, it is. It looked bad on my regular Intel Mac, so I can't imagine how bad it'll look on this one. But with that said, yeah, it, I feel like this is like the scummy side of thing. But it does offer help to people that may be lonely or want to talk to a, an AI chatbot for friendship, I guess. Remember, I, I can't remember how long ago, but remember we covered that story about the guy who was feeding... Um, an AI bot letters from his like deceased yes. wife. Yeah, I think, and right? it, yeah, and it was a whole like thing because it it feels like a Black Mirror episode. I think that was a Black Mirror episode. The bot was like predestined to like quote unquote like pass away, right? As time continued, that was the whole thing. These types of experiments kind of freak me out a little. But also, like at the end of the day, like you don't even like you you don't like talking. I can't see you using a chatbot to like talk to them. No, I mean I don't mind talking. I I'm literally talking to you right now. That is quite true. I don't know if I brought this up, but a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I watched a movie, which was essentially softcore pornography called Virtual Girl. It was on Tubi for free. And uh, I'm going to read you the description from my DB, Angela, because it made me think of this. John Lewis, a programming genius, has it all. A beautiful wife and child, a lavish home, and he's on the brink of making it big after he finishes one last project, a CD-ROM sex game called Virtual Girl. This seems like a knockoff version of her. I mean, this was also uh, 15 years before her. and Also, her is a knockoff version of Virtual Girl. Virtual Girl, yes. The softcore pornography film Virtual Girl, correct. Yeah. And uh, did you guys enjoy it? I mean, yes. Uh, Clearly, it was not. And that's the thing is, like, we also watched Lawnmower Man, right? Which is another one of these, like, freaky 3D headsets kind of things. And and I kind of tied back to, like, online companionship or virtual companionship, right? Or, you know, um, all of these different forms of finding someone or an entity that you can spend time with to alleviate a lot of your frustrations. One of them, it was really interesting that they used Replica to basically like um, talk ill of people who've wronged them and not feel bad about it, which I kind of, I thought that was an interesting use. Yeah, that's one way of using it. But the whole thing is the app has taken a weird turn with the ads they're using. The whole, uh, so I had to look. Yeah, so when I was looking, I'm like, what is Wojak again? And as soon as I saw it, I said, oh, that's what it is. And every time I look at, I see those types of, memes and images i just get turned off because it just reminds me of 4chan and the horrible people there they're also good people angelo that's that's largely not true ignore what i just said that was said as a joke that there's uh, people on both sides right brian both sides (laughs) exactly this is charlottesville all over again uh yeah i don't know i am very 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 interested in seeing how this all goes i mean so you've spent the money you're using it now it's the 70 dollars a year or whatever yeah i talked to replica it's asking me for for lewd pictures you know so i'm just doing that every night my wife is questioning what i'm doing and i say it's for work and she gets it Yeah, i'm trying to figure out what you're doing now are you petting a cat though over there no i'm scratching i'm scratching my leg oh 
Okay. My uh, no, so okay, so I mean, like, listen, we live in Canada in the middle of January, yes. right? We all have dry uh, skin, very dry, very, very <laughs> dry. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just I'm dealing with that right now, which is you know something that is not very exciting. Though I feel like a lot of people um, in North America are dealing with it. Double density. I have a, a quick video game recommendation for you, which you can get on the Switch. A game called Tunic. Angelo, and, this is the fourth episode in a row we talk about this. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been playing it, and it's wonderful. And I, uh, I keep recommending it every week. It's like uh, Dark Souls. You'll love it, Brian. You'll love it. You have to play it. I wrote the word no next to the <laughs> spots. <laughs> and I get to keep the... So this is the new New Year. Happy New me. Year? Yeah. Okay. So this is uh, Tunic every week. I will be bringing it up. And enjoying it. Um, also, ran an experiment this afternoon. I sent you a picture of this. Uh, my, I tried. I had my son uh, try Elden Ring. And? Not bad. He's not doing too bad. I mean, he's played through Breath of the Wild. And honestly, they're not that different in some ways. No. no. Like, it, it just, Elden Ring is significantly harder. So when he turns 12, you're watching Game of Thrones with him, all right? That is too mature for him. I find Elden Ring is not a, a, an off-putting game of any kind right like there's some scary images but it's not there's no swearing no nudity the violence is relatively fantasy sort of so it's not too bad i still think breath of the wild is the better of the two games but elden ring is pretty amazing and now i've said it twice i'm not bleeping it because i'm editing no this week. i know too you're bad. editing this week i've lost control of the yeah. the bleeping mechanism angel i have a quick movie recommendation in that case i saw megan mathrigan recently Mithrigan, is that how you uh, is that how the artist intended you to pronounce it? <laughs> I've seen a bunch of people on Twitter say Mithrigan, so I'm I'm using that too. It was good. It was really good, actually. I've seen posters of it. Very creepy looking. Yes. So uh, essentially, I'm not going to spoil anything, but no, I, I do want to see this movie. No, I know. But what I'm saying is that like it's very self-serious for the first half of it, and then it kind of untangles, so it kind of subverts expectations in really fun ways. And uh, as you know, she's not a, you know, if you watch the trailer, obviously. I've, you know uh, so I know nothing about this okay. movie. So I almost don't want you to say anything. Okay, because well, it's, it's, a, it's a, she's a bot. She's a robot. She's a malicious robot, Angelo. And I was saying to my friend, I was hoping that she does a a, a Terminator because they've announced a sequel. So I'm hoping it's a Terminator 1-2 situation where uh, Mithrigan comes back in the sequel to help a child against some kind of large force. And I would love to watch that. I think she should come back and fight Chucky. That is an interesting battle. Uh, do you remember all of the, the uh, probably not, but like the late 90s, early 2000s before the dreadful Freddy versus Jason came out? Um, there was a, a lot of uh, different ideas swimming around, including like an Evil Dead, Halloween, yeah. Nightmare on Street crossover, like all of these uh, different bits and reports from Hollywood are coming out. Well, you said I probably wouldn't, but this is exactly where my mind went to when we started saying this. So no, okay, no. fair enough. I no, but I meant this. more like the speculation on all of yeah, the I remember all cool that. Yeah, stuff. We were, yeah, it was like all you know. The internet was in its infancy. We'd find these things there in weird websites and news groups. My kids were asking me about that, and I couldn't really explain them the late '90s internet because it seems so long ago and such a strange place compared to what the internet is now. You should have them load up a so basically like have them click on a website and tell them to get up, leave the room, and then come back, and then tell them that's how long it usually took to load something. Anyways, I recommend Mithrigan. If anyone out there has seen it, you can uh, go ahead and hit me up on uh, Twitter at Brian Hasey. Let me know what you, uh, what you thought. Coming off our recommendations, something we don't recommend is uh, using uh, TikTok psychics. What do you think? <laughs> you mean TikTok mediums, Angelo? Psychics, mediums, 
same things. Well, no, mediums usually deal with. Oh um, yeah, they can. They're the they're uh, yeah yeah. It's true. Yes. Uh, so Curtis Connor, one of my favorite YouTubers, put out a video recently of a uh, you know a, a grifter. Let us be honest here. She is a grifter, and uh, yeah, a woman named Natalia from Manitoba who. Uh, claims to speak to the dead um, and does it for money on TikTok lives. And it is often disastrous. I have never seen this YouTuber before, but he's very popular. Apparently he's got 4 million subscribers. Yeah. He's uh he's a Canadian too. Yeah. Well, so when he mentioned Manitoba, I'm like, well, okay, he's definitely not American because Americans look between you and I, Manitoba is probably like at the bottom of the provinces they know. Yeah, I'd say yeah, Saskatchewan and Manitoba are definitely on the lower No, Saskatchewan's probably higher up because it has a cool name. It does. Yeah, you've never been though, right? You've talked about this? No, I've never been west of Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Saskatoon once, so that is the, the larger city in Saskatchewan. Let me tell you, my friend, you go up to the fifth floor of a building, you can kind of see everything you've ever wanted to see. So, and um, the thing that made me laugh the most, and you know exactly which line I'm talking about, is that he mentioned Manitoba is where Dark Souls bosses are. <laughs> Why do you think I sent the video to you? Yeah, it, it made me laugh. LOL. So, you know, grifting, gr- grifting is, a me- uh, you know, mediums grifting, uh, a tale as old as time, but she's not even good at it. That's the worst part, right? Like the, the best mediums usually know how to do cold reading properly. She doesn't even care. No, this video took me on a ride and it was as if she doesn't even realize she's being, she's like, she knows she's on video. She knows this is being, I guess, documented. And she will go back and say that she said certain things that she didn't obviously said say. It just, but it just got worse and worse. Uh, and the culmination towards the end of uh, things she does while she's on live TikToks are both fascinating and horrifying and makes you wonder what goes through the mind of a person like this. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a really good way of putting it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, people will pay attention to these things. I did not know that you could give a line to somebody, TikTok line. That was an interesting thing because I've been off the app for almost a year now because I recognized with my ADHD how bad the For You pages, my own For You pages. And I was finding myself scrolling for like 45, 50 minutes before I started my work day. And I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm glad you're not on TikTok. It is a terrible, terrible thing. But it makes me sound old when I say it. I get off my internet, kids. It's true. You do, you do sound very old when you describe these things about how you don't understand it. Well, no, that's, that's not true. You went on there and it was a lot of yoga. No, no, I, I understand it. I know what it is. Uh, but I look, how old is this uh, this YouTuber? Curtis, I'd say in his mid-20s. Yeah. Mid so, to late 20s, and, yeah. And even he doesn't get TikTok. He, does, he thinks it's terrible. Yeah, but a lot of people choose platforms in different ways, right? I, 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 could, I could very easily find myself on TikTok tomorrow if I really would want to. If you were on TikTok, would you continue live streaming when you went to the bathroom? Because this is what this medium does. That was awful, by the way. Also, whispering that she hasn't done anything and is earning money. And then uh, there's, uh, you know, Curtis covers this. She claims to, uh, is about to be evicted, and then she's not evicted. She also has a, she runs a car wash. She's a nurse. She's a business she owner, said, man. She says she's never been a nurse. I, she says she works in the medical field. Yeah. But once again, like media listing scrutiny, right? So the idea that someone is actually paying $100 USD for this is kind of scary when you really think about it, right? Because you know that this person's not doing well, and you're taking advantage of a segment of the population that is filled with grief and sorrow, and you're just exploiting them um, and not even doing a good job of it. Yeah, and I, I did appreciate that he brought up Sylvia Brown. Well, yes, uh, just, you know, um, we use the, the term fail son a lot, right? But I, I do feel like she is uh, definitely like one of these uh, large failed figures in life. She's one of the worst. 
And listen, she gives false hope. She gives false hope to to grieving parents. She also um, claims that people who are dead, um, you know, actually be often turn up alive too, which is just a, a sign of uh, problematic behavior. I feel like uh, what was her name again? This one, Natalia. Natalia. She went to the same school of thought as uh, Sylvia Brown. <laughs> just grift at all costs. Those those videos of her going to the washroom. Those sound. It, it was, <laughs> you look horrified. It, this is it, amazing. It was. It, it was just. <laughs> amazing it seemed fake but no it's not unfortunately these are very very real right so i don't know it seems like she's off tiktok i can't seem to find her her profile right now um there's a lot of people talking about her if you search tiktok but i can't seem to find her actual profile right now anymore so she might be banned it looked at a a certain point people are going on there just to make fun of her yeah or just you know reporting her mass reporting her yeah which is what i've been doing with you in all platforms including mastodon great i appreciate how is mastodon by the way fine fine I wanted to start a new segment called the Mastodon Corner with Angelo, but you you don't seem to have any information. Well, there was excitement this week because there were new Apple products, and basically it's the only people I really follow now on there are uh, video game nerds and uh, computer nerds, and that's about it. And uh, everybody was excited about new uh, Apple stuff this week. So essentially, like, everyone is just uh, in your corner of the internet made up of the people that you love. Uh, I'm in my own little personal echo chamber, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. which is fine. Yeah, it's a positive echo chamber, at least. <laughs> I mean, uh, I I guess so. I'm not quite sure how to quantify, or, you know, an echo chamber and its quality yeah. or or how good it is. Well, this one's good. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Angelo. Uh, I feel like we have run our course talking about walking like a duck and talking like a duck. So let us head on over to the paranormal side of things where we will do a little bit more investigating of the supposed larger animal kingdom at large. See you there. What can space be? What can it be made of? What the heck is all those lights out there? Is this just a black curtain with holes in it? I don't know. I'm trying to find out. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So the first thing I want to talk about this week is a tweet by uh, Lister and Gareth, uh, who is Sporocarp. Over on Twitter, he sent over a video. He said, I need Double Density to give their take on this possible visitation. And it is a harrowing 45-second video, Angelo. Um, the first 10 seconds keep in suspense. The last 35, horrifying, scary to my core. Angelo, would you care to describe what is seen in the video at the 10-second mark? You see a body, a, a shadow of a body floating in the sky. And it's a bit, uh, I would say, rotund. <laughs> that is a good Seems, word. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. It, it it's alien like that's for sure and it's floating and then you see it sort of landing and you're the sun's reflecting off of it and you're not quite sure what it could possibly be and then you see who it is it's a me mario <laughs> i'm allowed <laughs> doing a, that i'm italian i was it's about to say you get the pass yeah so yeah. it is it is uh you know uh a balloon version of our beloved plumber just floating around looking inside of a window peeping i think it, i think he's just there for a job pervin pervin oh, he's there for a job oh you think so usually they go the other way they go all the way up not down like that right so it's just it's a horrifying harrowing kind of 45 second video of things that you have to deal with um as he is an owner of a of a home right just because it's a, a security camera yeah that's i mean that's how you make uh, plumbing calls in the uh mushroom kingdom you just float from the sky i was gonna say in the metaverse too right yeah he i mean he had his tanuki suit on so he just floated <laughs> back down yeah exactly he was just ready he had just to get up to peace speed afterwards and just fly to, right the, yeah there was there yeah. was a, a block up in the sky a secret in the clouds i think he had just climbed the vine 
So he's just coming back down. <laughs> but yeah, so thanks, Gareth, for sending that over. As always, if anyone has any bits of media that they want us to look over, they can definitely uh, kick that over our way over on Twitter, double underscore density or double density podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, it'll be analyzed with a fine tooth comb. So, Angela, I want to establish two things about the main topic that we're going to speak about this episode. So, number one, you and I are fans of the English language, correct? Yeah. We love a good portmanteau, right? We love the the merging of words to form a new meaning. Definitely. And this one is a good one. Secondly, you and I talked about Dungeons and Dragons last week, and I feel like the subject here for this episode is a perfect candidate for a uh, probable uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, monster in the realm. Yeah. And knowing me, I said it's a perfect Dark Souls boss. Yes, this week we're going to talk about a cryptid by the name of the Bat Squash, my friend. So the Bat Squash is located in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, some people claim that it's been around for about 40 years now. So, you know, um, in 1980, I'm going to pull up the date right here before I forget. So March 27th, 1980, Mount St. Helens explodes, right? Out of the ashes rose like a, like a final evolution of a Pokemon. <laughs> the Bat Squash. Right, which is just a horrifying creature, a winged creature with uh, certain, uh, you know, uh, features of a bat, and then certain features of the more well-known Sasquatch cryptid, which also is, is in a the, fire type. Is it? I guess it would be a fire type. So, two things before I forget. So, the Mount Helens uh, volcanic explosion of 1980 was the. Uh, most disastrous in U.S. history, the biggest and largest um, of the 20th century. Uh, the, the 20th century, yes, correct. And so I'm going to read uh, from Portland Ghosts, right? So Mount St. Helens is kind of located uh, in between Seattle and Portland, Washington. And I'm going to read from the Portland Ghosts description because I thought it was a really good one. The Bat Squatch is said to be a large humanoid monstrosity clocking in at more than nine feet tall and the weight of two grown grizzly bears. The creature is said to have piercing yellow eyes, blue-tinged dark fur like Sonic, Razor sharp teeth, like Sonic. A wolf-like muzzle, not like Sonic. Bird-like wings, not like Sonic. A broad, muscle-bound torso, not like Sonic. And bat-like wings that span up to 50 feet. I, at first when I read this description, Angela, I thought of the Super Nintendo game Demon's Crest. Yes, and we're bringing up a lot of video game connections to the Bat Squatch. Well, I mean, like, listen, it is a mythical creature. It's a very interesting regional creature. Uh, well, regional, coastal, I guess. We'll get into that in a bit. But a coastal creature. And according to Portland Ghosts, the beast is also said to have psychic abilities, telekinetic powers allowed to affect man-made objects like car engines, radios, and television sets. He is uh, apparently not as friendly as the Mothman, according to one of the descriptions here. No, he looks horrifying. I felt that description was was apt because Mothman, I mean, scary too, but this guy seems really, really horrifying. We've covered a lot, a lot of East Coast creatures, so I think this is one of the first times we've headed out west to cover a region or coastal-specific uh, creature. And this one is a, is a nasty one. Uh, so in uh, April 1994, uh, a teen named Brian Canfield was in Pierce County in Washington, and his vehicle suddenly stalled. So he gets out, he opens up the hood, and then his car starts to shake as if something tremendous had dropped down to the top of it. The suspension, you know, ve- veered the car back and forth. So the hood is blocking Canfield's view. He looks up, takes a deep breath, and there is a giant creature, the Bat Squatch, staring at him. So he books it, and then the back of his shirt was torn um, subsequently, and he seems like there was, uh, you know, some kind of damage happening, man-made or not. We're not quite sure. Uh, his truck was also all scratched up, and he was clearly in a state of distress. Angela, what do you think about that sighting? So the thing is, if his shirt got torn... It means that the Bat Squatch got a piece of him, but if it's as big as he said it was, it wouldn't just have torn his shirt. It would have torn him. Yes. So I've tried to do a bunch of research to understand what had happened to him. And no one 
seems to know the extent of what had happened. He refused to talk to reporters. And then there was a Fox Nation streaming show all about monsters across America that tried to contact him uh, about this um, a couple of years ago. And he was unwilling to talk about it. So I don't know. It, it kind of seems a little, a little shifty there. Yeah, I don't think he – I think he just got frightened by something. And when you're afraid, things obviously seem much more different than they appear. Maybe it could have been a bear, a black bear of some kind, maybe. A landing on the car? Yeah, that landed on the car. And and that's a frightening experience regardless. But when you're frightened like that, it'll look much bigger than it actually was. It's funny also that you bring back the you, – you were talking about the Mothman, right? So I think that the Mothman is really interesting. So if we presuppose, right, that – these creatures are attracted or affect catastrophic events, right? Because you, the Mount St. Helens explosion and then, of course, the the, uh, the bridge um, incident, right, in Point Pleasant. The Mothman was a precursor to the event, whereas Batsquatch rose from the event. It, it awakened Literally and figuratively it. rose, yes. Yeah, it, it awakened it from its slumber in the depths. I feel like this is the perfect monster movie, right? Yeah, and then it came and attacked some poor guy in his car, whose name is Brian. Was he you? With an eye, just like me. Yeah. This definitely feels like a lot of, like, different creature feature movies I've watched, right? Where, you know, there's, like, some kind of natural disaster, you know, and then suddenly a beast awakens, right? Sort of like, you know, like, a Godzilla type, for example. Like, you know, in the 50s, there was nuclear explosions that awoke Godzilla. Yeah, and this was uh, an event. And is there not a movie right now on Netflix called Troll? Yes. And have you watched it? Uh, I mean, I've watched. Are you talking about Troll or Troll Hunter? No, Troll. It's a it's a it's a Norwegian movie. No, I have not watched Troll yet. I've only watched the classic Troll and classic Troll Two, aka one of the worst movies of all time. Yeah, no, it's not that. But it's uh, it's something on uh, Netflix that's uh, yeah, the guy who directed the Tomb Raider reboot did it. Yeah, so I, I'm curious to watch it. It's apparently quite good. That sounds like something cozy you could do. Maybe we bring back um, a, a movie viewing component for, uh, you know, the next episode or the episode after. Maybe we'll go, sure. go watch Troll. Well, because it feels like it relates to this to this topic here. Batsquatch is not one I've really heard much about. No, me neither. And I, it just came up in my searches and I was reading various things. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I'd love to talk to you about it. Had you heard about it before? No, no. This is a really obscure cryptid because it seems to only be around the Mount Shasta area and because Okay, of, so let's talk about Mount Shasta. Yes, yeah. let's talk about Mount Shasta yeah. area. So Mount Shasta is located in Northern California, so West Coast. And uh, there several hikers had apparently seen the Bat Squatch in 2009. Now, let us talk about how friggin' weird Mount Shasta is. Well, it's a, it's a big mountain. It's not like a tiny little uh, outcropping. No. And, uh, <laughs> but it is the center of weirdness. It is a huge yeah. center of weirdness. So people claim that it is a source of energy. They claim that, you know, the Lumerians um, escaped their continent to move there. It is a it is a, a UFO hotspot, and that much is known. Like, that I've known about Mount Shasta. And now we're claiming that cryptids just hang out around Mount Shasta. Like, it is such a weird space. I almost want to do an entire episode dedicated to Mount Shasta because of the, the, um, the web of weirdness that is happening around there. So I thought it was interesting that, like, apart from Mount St. Helens... Mount Shasta is another place where you could, in theory, find a Batsquatch. I mean, I live near a mountain. Mountains always seem to be UFO hotspots, uh, paranormal hotspots, mainly because people talk about the minerals in these mountains, and that brings things out. There's the vortexes that, uh, you know, they, they come out of there, the mountains. Uh, what's the place in, uh, in the Sonoma, right? Isn't there a 
Sonoma Valley, right? Isn't there the, the whole thing there about yes. the yes about vortices, vortexes? We couldn't decide the plural of that. Yes, I uh, I know it wasn't Sonoma. It was uh, it was Sedona. Sedona. Sonoma is wine country. Isn't it, it is wine country. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, so, just have, you have a middle aged Italian man um, instincts right now. So people get drunk and they picture vortices, but <laughs> no, uh, Sedona. Yeah, that's in, and that's in Arizona. Yeah. Um, so nearby sort of, yeah, but like, Mount Shasta is so friggin' weird. There's so many, like there are tunnels in there and then, yeah. So, uh, Telos, the ancient hidden city, uh, the city of light for the Lemurians, the ancient lost species of, uh, or tribe of, of Lemuria is located there too. There's just a lot going on that I am just very surprised by. Have there been a lot of bat squatch sightings there or is it just the one that you came across? It is the one I've come across. Okay. He could be living there. He could have moved. You know, he thinks California is nice. <laughs> well, we did do an episode about Big Feats or Bigfoot a while back where we talked about the idea of migration, right? How they could be a migratory species. And I find that very interesting. That cryptids in general, you know, are either sedentary or nomadic. And I kind of find that a really interesting kind of, you know, of two minds there. It's split, right? Because you, you, in knowing an area, you get to know what to watch out for versus you go where you think you should be or where it's best for you. Yeah, like we don't hear much about chupacabras where we live, uh, but there's no. uh, discussions of big feats here sometimes. Well, it's the Yeti too, right? The abominable snowman in Canada. Yeah, I mean, especially now in January. The bat squatch, though, does not have this, the large feet that Bigfoot has. No, no, it, just, it has a larger wingspan. Okay, it's more just an amalgamation of using the word Sasquatch with it's sort of looking like a bat. Well, it's a Sasquatch with bat, right? Like that's kind of what it is. It's like, you know, the difference between a a horse and a horn. Yeah. Yeah. I found it a very interesting and fun thing to say out loud. Um, You know, it's one of these cryptids that I'm like, I don't mind you. You haven't hurt anyone really apart, allegedly from Brian, from Brian in 1994. Ruined his shirt. I'd be curious to see if there's any pictures. And then um, on the cryptids wiki, they were claiming that there were some pictures, but they were unverified. I, I wasn't able to dig those up, but I'm pretty sure that those were either, you know, faked or, or you know, just um, CGI or something. Yeah, because it's it's not like the it's not like the skunk ape. Let me tell you, those skunk ape pictures, golden, golden, and they smell bad. Skunk apes, yeah. Who knows what the, you, what would the bat squash smell like? Is what I wonder, right? What does it feast on? I'm kind of curious. Like we don't know much about uh, nutritionally speaking how it works. You know, uh, you know where it goes to the bathroom, for example. I think these are important questions that I would, and I'm not even kidding. I would love to know the answers to. You. Like I'm not being facetious here. Like I would love to know where um, uh, normal um, bodily functions happen, right? If the bass squatch is, you know, a carnivore, where does it eat? Where does it deposit the bones? What frequency does it eat at? I think at five gigahertz. <laughs> what, now, like that, that, that's like the age-old questions, right? Like if, uh, if uh, a bass squatch eats in the woods, does it poop there too? Isn't that an age-old question? I mean, a variation on it, yes. Yeah. So, And if it's there to eat things and nobody's there to see it, does it even eat? <laughs> these are questions these are important questions to ask we're getting Unrelated. into deep philosophical double density well i was gonna pull back talk. i was gonna pull back on this for a second angel do you remember the godzilla soundtrack for the 1980 film godzilla do you remember the soundtrack at all yeah with uh yeah there was a rage against the machine song i think in that yeah called no shelter and then so i i don't know if i've mentioned this to you but i've started going to a music trivia at a bar here in montreal on Wednesday. Okay. and uh i was talking about jimiroquai because they have a song called deeper underground on the godzilla soundtrack and they had come up and then i remember the laziest remix of all time my friend the godzilla remix of the green day song brain stew and all it does is that it takes godzilla war clips and inserts them into the song that's lazy 
It is exceedingly lazy. And if you want to head over to YouTube, I'm pretty sure that it's there. Let me take a look. We'll include it in the show notes. But if you I need mean, to, that uh, whole to, movie was pretty terrible. I, nothing good. Nothing good of it. I mean, most of the time, because of Jurassic Park, they decided to make Little Godzilla as the main deal of the movie. Okay, so talking about trolls, talking about cryptids, um, I always wonder if there's like good cryptid movies out there. They're not as popular as other forms of paranormal movies. I think in horror films... They're also much ghosts, more expensive to create. Yeah, and, and ghosts usually went out. Ghosts and uh, pretty much indestructible murderers. Those are usually the biggest thing in horror films. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, the horror of the self. Well, that horror movie you made me watch a few weeks ago was great. Barbarian? Barbarian Street? Yeah, Barbarian, Barbarian was, was good, yeah. Great. Yeah, it was really great. And then l- more recently, you had me watch The Menu. The horror of the self. That that blew my mind. That, that Because I, I had no expectations. I didn't know what it was about at all. Other than it said something about it being a thriller and a couple goes to a restaurant and they don't get what they expect. Exactly. Also, speaking of things we watch, I also watched The Last of Us finally. Oh yeah. Okay. So you watched the first episode. I'm I'm gonna be watching the second episode tonight. Yeah. Did you like it? I loved it. Loved it, my friend. So a uh, few little spoilers here if you haven't uh, played the game because for a ten year old game, right? Yeah. And and the 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 I think the first half hour of Last of Us is very much like the game. You're spending a lot of time with the daughter, Sarah, and uh, there's some. Uh, there's a few points where I knew exactly the lines that were coming up. Uh, for example, when she talks about selling hardcore drugs, that's a line from the game, like directly from it. I'd say the there's a good 15 minutes there where it's some of the most intense TV I've ever seen. It is up there, my friend. It is it is well done, well crafted. Uh, I have a friend who recently played through one and two, like very recently within the last month, and he was just commenting on the the number of shots taken directly from the video games and how well that was translated to. Last of Us Two, very difficult game to to not not skill wise, but just story wise, and horrible things happen in that game. I uh, cannot. So apparently, so apparently, season one is is the first game. The full the full thing you think is yep, that what apparently saying? that's what apparently that's what we're saying is the full it's only nine episodes right so yeah and I mean last week's episode was almost movie length it was and it ended with the Depeche Mode song which I really loved and it was funny because I was talking to a friend like two weeks ago about Depeche Mode so it's kind of full circle there and I did like how it started with uh, cutting to the 1960s where they're talking about what disease could ruin the world and uh, this guy uh, nailed it did you like how they brought out the the i mean I, they're not zombies but the the infected yeah that was really interesting you saw little feelers come out of their mouth really creepy. yeah i thought the i thought the the fungus kind of thing was, was really really well done yeah yeah i uh i enjoyed it i'm looking forward to watching episode two in about uh 40 something minutes so <laughs> i learned something about how uh, it streams on crave i'm not sure if hbo does the same thing but i had started watching it quote unquote live because I have access to the live channel and I was watching it and uh but it was it was in it was in 1080p which is fine but I have a 4K TV so I stopped it and if I went into about 5 minutes after it started I was able to watch it streaming from the channel and it streams in 4K so a little tip and trick there if you're on Crave and you have a 4K TV and you'd like to watch it to its full capability uh, don't watch it live. Wait two minutes and let the episode load. So is that your tech slash paranormal tip of the week there? Yeah. Uh, watch scary video game show 
uh, in 4K. I will allow you to uh, let the world know that, Angelo. So, you know, if, if you're out there, if you're a Canadian, if you're using the creative service to watch The Last of Us Live, wait two minutes. Yeah. Um, and you'll be rewarded handsomely with a 4K view of, of the great TV show. Can we easily say this is the best video game adaptation so far? Even just I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of talking about that. The video game curse. Who who cares? No, I know. But can we just say it is because I feel there's been some good stuff. Like Sonic the Hedgehog was actually genuinely, and we joked about it. Not gonna. It was not going to be good, and it was genuinely fun to watch. Yeah, both movies actually. I don't know if you've seen the second one. Yeah, of course. I've enjoyed both a lot. Yeah, we. I think we rented the second one. Yeah, it was quite good. Yeah. No, I I agree that Last of Us is definitely S tier. Yeah, really, really great. I mean, it has good people making it. Did you watch Chernobyl? That's some of the scariest I lived through TV. it, Angela. Yeah, that's some of the scariest TV I've seen. Chernobyl, the soundtrack, amazing. All right, well, I'm going to go watch The Last of Us now, Brian. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm going to uh, probably read, Angelo, because I'm a big boy who has uh, big boy interests. I just got the new Grady Hendrix book, How to Sell a Haunted House. I'm very excited by that. How do you sell a haunted house? I'm going to find out. I have 10 pages into the book. Grady Hendrix is a great novelist. He wrote uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism, which was a very good book, a very bad movie, unfortunately, which came out recently on Amazon Prime. I was, we were both sorely, my wife and I were sorely disappointed with it, unfortunately, but the book itself was quite good. Adaptations Uh, are hit or miss. (laughs) That is the, the, thank you for the fence sitting, Angelo. Yeah. Angelo, uh, before we go, do you remember our Twitter handle? I don't actually. Double underscore density? That is correct. You can also email us at doubledensitypodcast at gmail.com or you can head on over to doubledensity.net where Angelo wants you to click the contact form for some reason and uh, share information that way. Write an Uh, email. I I don't get it. it. I don't get it. But, you know, whatever. Emails are fun. (laughs) They are indeed. This has been it for episode 211 of the Double Density Podcast. Tune in next week as Angelo and I look forward and look upwards to joining together more sets of two different kinds of animals in order to create really interesting cryptids. Angelo, I will see you there at the naming ceremony. All right.